Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the segment on fire prevention systems. Welcome to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen. Good morning, Garth. It's so fun to be here with you today. You know, my daughter is an RN, and she left for work this morning, and she actually works at Outpatient. She talks about how it's nice to not work in a hospital because the people there actually want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> They're ready to get out and get home, huh? Yeah, so I don't know about you, but hospitals are not my favorite place. Well, you know, they they serve a good purpose, but so I'm grateful for them on that standpoint, but I can see what she means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about smoke alarm systems and, you know, the different kinds that you can go with and why you'd want to use which one where and just give you some background so that you not only can leave the hospital, but you don't go there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Now, keeping people out of the hospital, that's a good project. Yeah, that's right. what you do best. Let's do that project Let's today. Let's do that. Now, as the home home inspector, the newer homes, let's say that you were to go buy a home that was built yesterday. There is a requirement that the contractor interconnect each one of the smoke alarms. And we're building your mansion, I guess. Maybe let's say you've got a three-story home. You've got a basement, you've got a main level, you've got a, an upstairs, and now you got a loft above that. Oh, wow. And so the contractor is going to have to interconnect things so that if your basement is on fire, or your loft is on fire, all smoke alarms throughout the house go off. Brilliant idea. That is a requirement for recently built homes. Now, let's say, by contrast, that you have a home that was built in 1960. Probably uh, doesn't have that feature. You're not going to have any smoke alarms at all anywhere. Right, unless uh, you've rewired and added them, which would be a good idea. Yeah, which is unlikely because to do the interconnecting and get behind sheetrock or lath and plaster or whatever it is, you know, that's not going to happen. So maybe you've got a home that was built in the 1980s, and for that time period, all that was required is maybe just to put a smoke alarm on the ceiling in maybe the hallway area. More recently, there's a requirement, and uh, this is the guide that I would give you, the listener, is that if you're using current building standards as a guide, then you're going to want to have one in each bedroom, one in the hallway outside the bedroom areas, and at least one on every major level. Mm. Now, coming soon, I'm sure, and when it is available, and this is the million-dollar idea that I never developed. Ooh. I'm going to share it with everybody. but uh, Free? For free. That's awesome. And uh, once it comes available, I'll give you a link to it on my website, homemedicusa.com. But uh, what the world has been crying for for some time is a wireless smoke alarm system. Oh, now there you go. Yeah. Almost like a network. Yeah. That would still allow you to place a smoke alarm, you know, an additional smoke alarm wherever, and it's still hooked into the rest of the system. So then it would trigger the whole house wherever right. it went on. Right. So I've been waiting for that day to happen for the last 15 years. Well, I think that's an awesome invention. Yeah. We need yeah. that. When that happens, again, it'll be on the website. But until that happens, basically, let's say you buy the home built in 1960 and you go in there and you're wanting to be the responsible homeowner. All you have at that point, maybe you don't have any smoke alarms at all. 
No, I have some, but it's always a challenge to keep those batteries replaced. Yeah, when was your home built, Heidi? Let's talk about yours. About, about 79. It's 79. It's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And We've had some where did you older. have yours at? We did have one in the hallway for sure. I do have one in each of the bedrooms, but I actually did pay an electrician to come and put those in afterwards. Oh, wow. You actually, wow, you get a gold star. That was important to me. Nice. I'm impressed. Thank you. I can't say I've heard of anybody else do that. I don't neglect everything. You know, some things I actually take (laughs) care of. (laughs) So you've got that sort of thing going. Obviously, to have a smoke alarm interconnected or not is better than nothing. But, you know, just be aware that you're putting islands up there. And the one in the bedroom, unless there's some way for it to talk to the one in the basement or the loft... They're not going to be talking, and you probably are not going to be hearing one if you're across the house and they're not interconnected in some way. Mine are interconnected. The bigger challenge has been that I didn't get the batteries replaced in time, and so they've been chirping for a long time. Oh, that's Inter- they've been communicating with each other that way. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> yeah. I finally got it done, though. Yeah, my daughter came screaming in one night. She was about nine years old. She said, The house is on fire. <laughs> and I asked her how she knew. She says, Well, my. My smoke alarm is chirping. <laughs> That's different. So the kinds of smoke alarms that you can have, you've got an ionization detector, and then you've got photoelectric. Those are the two main varieties. Uh, the difference is that the ionization, it's most available in hardware stores. And what happens is when smoke enters the chamber, the flow is interrupted. So what happens, the flow between sensors. And so... That one can detect the flames then, but it's not so good for the smoke that's coming from the other room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are better for flames, not as good for smoldering fires. Mm. So, and then you got the photoelectric, which is, uses a light sensitive photocell. Basically smoke reflects the beam. And when the smoke does that, it causes light to go where it's not supposed to go. Then you got a sensor that detects that, and then when that happens, you've got your photoelectric that goes off. I think mine must be photoelectric, because every time we have a little blooper in the kitchen, you know, burn the pizza or something, forget about it. Yeah. It sounds like you cook the way I do. <laughs> I, you know what? It's interesting. There's only a couple things that I tend to burn frequently. Pizza actually isn't, in, isn't one of them. It's, um, oh, I can burn anything. I'll tell you what I always burn. And it, in fact, my kids just laugh about it because it's about the only thing I do burn. It's the garlic bread under the broiler. Oh. It only takes two minutes and it's done. And if you let it go another 30 seconds and forget about it. Smoke alarms let you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's... So speaking of garlic bread in the oven, if you've got a smoldering fire, the photoelectric unit is going to do better there. Yeah, it picks up that smoke for sure. Okay, so, and I saw this just yesterday in a home that I inspected where somebody had come in and they'd put in a smoke alarm in a bedroom just because there wasn't one and they just pasted it somewhere. Did it actually work? It did, but where they placed it was not the best location because it's going to take another 10 or 20 seconds for that to go off. Where they put it is right at the interface between the wall and ceiling, right in that corner. Mm, okay, so the smoke probably would be not gravitating back toward that corner. Right, is what so you're thinking. yeah, the airflow is going to go up the wall and then it's going to curl towards the ceiling and it's not going to actually fill that corner until a few seconds later. 
So mine are probably about a foot and a half from the door frame and on the ceiling, straight in from the door. So that's probably yeah, that, an ideal that location. Yeah, above the door is a good idea because then if you've got smoke coming in from the hallway, it's going to detect those two. Mm. So yeah, near the door, away from the wall, on the ceiling. But not in the corner. Not in the corner. Makes very good sense. Yeah. And again, make sure that your sleeping areas are covered. You might also even want to have one in the garage. A lot of home fires start in the garage, and so if you can have one out there, it can give you a little bit of an early warning. Oh, that's a great idea. Too bad I didn't pay my electrician to do that at the same time. Yeah, that is very unusual. You've already gotten a gold star from me today. You'd get two (laughs) gold stars if you had one out there. (laughs) All right. Where you don't want to put those is, for example, if you've got heat vents, those are going to come with some dust, and sometimes a lot of dust from the heat vent can either ruin the smoke alarm or give you a false alarm. Mm, okay. If you've got kitchen appliances, if you cook the way I do... <laughs> you burn your garlic bread, too. I, I, I burn more <laughs> than garlic bread. I can burn a mean pot of water. If you put one near your shower or tub, that can give you some false positives. Mm, <clears throat> yes, well. with all the steam. And then if you've got dead air spots, however those may be, the studio that we are in, it's an unfinished space, and above us, instead of having sheetrock, we just have joists. He's got some nice joists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm checking these out, and they are, wow, 12 inches apart. Yeah, they're closely spaced. This house is Definitely. tightly built. So if I were to put a smoke alarm up in the top of those joists, we have channels there. The smoke is going to fill that channel last. Probably by the time that smoke alarm goes off, the house will have already burned down. It looks like a smoke alarm right there, though. That's one right there that I've taken oh, down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I don't think... I won't take credit for having <laughs> taken it down. I'll blame that on the guy previous to me. You're not protecting me while I'm here doing this yeah, see how you recording are? with you? She's recording with me, and I'm, I'm not even protecting <laughs> And you took her. away the smoke alarm. What do you, what do you got planned here, Garth? You pyromaniac, you. <laughs> We have the battery versus the hardwire thing. Yeah, ideally, you're going to want to have your smoke alarms be both hardwired and battery backed up. The battery backs up the hardwiring and vice versa. So it keeps chirping going when you don't get the battery changed. You're insured chirping for one, two, three years. How many years it takes you to find the right battery? Takes a long time. (laughs) Sometimes it does. But yeah, as a home inspector, I've learned that I can't require the hardwire on the older homes, but it's always a good idea. This is why you, Heidi, get the the gold star for hardwiring in a home built in 79. I had a good electrician. He was my neighbor and he... I paid him, but it was a good price. I was going to say, he probably owed you a favor. He didn't owe me a favor. I probably owed him one, but he, he was really decent to me, so I was grateful. He did a lot of work for me. I had to upgrade a lot of my electrical. In the next segment, I've got some stories. Mm. Stories are always good. Facts tell, stories sell, right? That's true. We're going to cover those and talk about tips and tricks that you can do so that you can you know, avoid having your home turn into a pile of rubble. And Those are my favorite stories. Yeah? Yes. I don't want my home to turn into a pile of rubble. Well, you might want to listen to the next segment, <laughs> Heidi. Yeah, you listeners might want to listen, too. <laughs> All right. Master of your mansion, we've got a smoke alarm system in there. I love smoke alarms. Let's put you sure. in, uh, in a mountain cabin. All right. With surrounded the- by pine trees that uh, can burn in a forest fire. With a very safe fireplace. With a very safe fireplace. 
And uh, we've got a very nicely interconnected system. And some fire-resistant walls. And maybe a helicopter pad so I can fly out if the forest catches on fire. There you go. Master of that (laughs) mansion you are. There we go. I want my helicopter pad. I love cabins. And, of course, you're a helicopter pilot too, right? Not yet, but maybe there's some hot guy that is that will fly me out of there. All right. Well, (laughs) if you've got that mansion, I'm sure the hot guys will come. (laughs) We'll find you. Build it and they will come. If you need more information on the subject, uh, you know where it is. It's at homemedicusa.com. I've got information there on whatever kinds of smoke alarms are available, given what year you may be listening to this. You know, and then other information from just other homeowners who have outstanding ideas, or perhaps they're terrible ideas, but they're still on the website. Okay, Heidi, be yourself. Only one person gets to have a hot helicopter pilot. This is Julie Ann McKay with your Natural Solutions Tip for the Day. We get to talk today about one of the very, very most powerful yet gentle oils. There are frankincense. I love frankincense. It's one of my favorite oils. Oh, there's a reason. Frankincense is in the Bible, Jules. One of my favorite uses for frankincense is the support of against head tension. I actually use frankincense as a moisturizer with some fractionated coconut oil. And it helps against blemishes, doesn't it? It does. Our saying is, when in doubt, use frankincense. If you'd like to know more about this incredible oil, contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com. <laughs> 